Episode 195 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. John Tomlin is Senior Vice President for Industry and Defense Programs and Executive Director of the National Institute for Aviation Research at Wichita State University. There's a lot going on these days. Dr. Tomlin is very busy. The work being done at NIAR is exciting and very important to the economy of South Central Kansas. He's here to give us an update on what's going on at NIAR, some of the other programs going on at Wichita State. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, a preview of our Mentoring Monday event. This annual event is scheduled for Monday, makes sense, and gives attendees a chance to spend time with our mentors. It's a little bit different this year. It's a virtual event, but the day still provides an opportunity to get some great advice from some of our high profile and powerful women executives. That preview begins on page 10. Also this week, another in our series of excellence in healthcare reports this week, this week's topic is physical health and rehabilitation profiles of 18 healthcare professionals. That begins on page 13. This week's list, the Wichita area's engineering firms, that's on page six. We've never strayed from our mission to provide you business intelligence you can use to grow your business. Every week we publish our leads section, bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments, our lead section this week begins on page 22. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Dr. Tomlin, great to have you here. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Bill. Great to be here. Aerospace and manufacturing reporter Daniel McCoy also joins us. Dr. Tomlin, for the listeners who may not be completely familiar with NIAR, would you briefly explain what it is and the kind of work it does? Sure. Thanks, Bill. Um, you know, NIAR is, is uh, part of Wichita State, but kind of special because, you know, um, really the applied learning mission of the university is really the key, the key thing that NIAR does with with respect to business. So it's really a research unit of the, of the institution. Uh, it's not so much academic in nature, but from the applied learning part where, you know, we can give uh, students things that aren't written in books uh, um, and, and experiences there. So you know, the, the real plan is, you know, students working at NIAR that when they walk across the stage that they have a resume. And, you know, one of the things NIAR does is work well with business on research projects um, that we can, we can inject the, the students into. Where'd you grow up? What's your background? <laughs> the accent, of course, is from West Virginia. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I've, been, I've been in Kansas. I feel like a Kansan now because I've been in Kansas for 27 years, but I cannot shake that West Virginia accent. So uh, my father was a coal miner. So you can imagine that I have true West Virginia blood in me. Uh, Where'd you go to university? I went to West Virginia University, all three degrees. So uh, I, I got my uh, undergrad in aerospace engineering and then my master's and PhD in mechanical engineering, uh, all at West Virginia University in Morgantown, West Virginia. How did you get to Wichita? 
Um, you know, a after I graduated my PhD, I was looking at jobs and I, I had a, a nice job lined up with a very large uh, composite manufacturer. And um, uh, I did apply at Wichita State. And I, honestly, Bill, it was my first trip across the Mississippi. <laughs> no kidding. And, and what I knew about Wichita at that time was that they build Cessna aircraft here. Right. And really the only thing that I knew. But when when I came here and I saw the depth of, of airspace, I saw Wichita State University, I, I saw what NIAR could be. I mean, I can't say anything more than I fell in love with Wichita. Well, we're lucky you stayed. That's for sure. Uh, how many people actually work at NIAR? Um, Bill, we've been uh, the... the uh, the amount of employees I have at NIRS is increasing greatly. I mean, if you if you look at what I have right now, I look at full-time employees, part-time employees, and contract employees, I'm about 875 people. Wow. And, and I run the operations over 1.3 million square feet of uh, laboratory space. So it's quite a big operation. The pandemic has changed everything, obviously. How has it changed how you do your work at Wichita State? Sure. One of the one of the things that, you know, the pandemic, of course, shocked us all. And um, and as for, uh, for, of course, with NIAR being an essential laboratory, you know, one of the things that I really had to do is think about how to keep the laboratories open. Uh, so really, I, I could not have a sole source point of failure. So uh, with the laboratories and that's kind of hard to do when you invest a, a lot of time and effort in developing these these unique laboratories. So I really had to, to make sure that I had redundancies in all my laboratories. So if, if I had a group that was working on a specific project, it put them into two sites where if COVID would, if I would happen to have an outbreak and COVID would take down one site, the other site could still maintain operation. So I guess that was one of the biggest challenges of, of you know, making sure I didn't have a single point failure there uh, in any of my labs. So. Um, but I, I think we, we pushed through that. And I mean, luckily, knock on wood, that we didn't have any, any outbreaks, uh, uh, you know, as far as a cluster that would take down any of those labs. But that's something we had to prepare for. Talk about some of those programs you're working on. It's a wide variety of, of private business, defense work as well. Talk about those programs and the, and the variety of programs NIAR works on. And I, 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 Bill, thanks for asking that, because I think that's one of the unique things that NIAR does is, uh, is the percentage of work that it does with industry. Um, you know, NIAR is the number, if you, if you compare apples to apples and you're trying to rate universities against other universities and compare and contrast them, NIAR actually is number one in the country as far as industry-funded airspace research. So, and I think that is... That's unique. Um, I think our our closest. I mean, we're 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 so far ahead. Our closest competition. It, we're almost ten times greater than they are as far as business goes. But you know, we've been making a concerted effort to get more and more defense work in as well. And I think you've seen some of the announcements uh, through the Business Journal of that Daniel's done that that we've actually uh, uh, doing pretty well on the business side as well, or the 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 uh, government side as well as defense work. Yeah, it seems about every other day, Daniel's filing a story on, on some new defense program <laughs> that NIAR is working on. Uh, Daniel, got a question for John? 
Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, relates to the defense, we have seen a lot of that increase uh, in the last several years and and uh, Skyborg and, and things like that being worked on out there. But, you know, um, how, how would you typify how NIAR is viewed uh, by uh, the Department of Defense now? It seems like maybe the profile has raised quite a bit in recent years. How do you feel like you're viewed and where does that put you guys in the running for uh, continuing that uh, defense work and adding to it in the future? You know, I, I do think that our profile in the in the defense side is uh, they don't view us as a typical university. And, you know, a lot of this, I mean, I would have to give credit to uh, Senator Moran and his and uh, his position on Senate uh, defense appropriations. And, you know, it's not so much that from the money side, it's that he he, he's involved with the right people and gets those people, generals and high ranking people in the Department of Defense, just to come to Kansas to see what we have to offer. And, you know, and the, and the neat thing about Senator Moran is then he just he slides to the side and gets out of the way. And, you know, what we're doing in Kansas and in Wichita really sells itself to the defense people. And, you know, I can't I, I can't comment on how many times that we have visitors here from the east and west coast that they're just amazed by, I never knew this existed here. So I, I think it's just getting the word out. And and um, and I think the Defense Department sees us as different than a, than a typical university, one that can deliver. Um, you know, we're the only university that owns a, a B-1 bomber and has a B-1 bomber. And, you know, one of the best things about the Super Bowl that I, that, that I like the most about the Super Bowl uh, was over. <laughs> is uh, when the when the, uh, the three bombers flew over a B-2, a B-52, and a B-1 flew over the stadium there at the start of the Super Bowl and knowing that the future of the B-1 is tied to Wichita and tied to Nair and what we're doing to keep that, that airplane in the air. So, I mean, I mean, of course, I'd like the Super Bowl to end up differently. You bet. <laughs> but that was one of the best things is, is you know, watching that bomber uh, fly over. So, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're working well with uh, – um, the, uh, the SPO, the, the, uh, the B-1 SPO down at Tinker Air Force Base. And, and I, th I think that's one of the unique things as well is just that, just that we can do things like that to keep legacy uh, de Defense Department aircraft in the air. Are there other programs you can describe that might give our listeners a, a feel for more of the specific work that's done there at, at NIAR? Well, you know, Bill, I have, uh, you know, I have about 24 labs, so each one tells its own story. So, I mean, when you sum it up, um, you know, lots of digital engineering, lots of advanced manufacturing. And my newest one is, uh, you know, when, when, when Boeing left their defense operations here uh, close to McConnell Air Force Base, they let, a, they let go of a lot of prime real estate that's connected to a, a pretty significant runway. And, you know, what we've done over the past couple of years is greatly expand in that in that space. Between Spirit and myself at NIAR, I don't think there's very much real estate left as far as on the uh, east side of Oliver attached to the Air Force Base. So what we did is, uh, and it may be uh, new to uh, most people that are hearing this, is we created what we call NIAR Works. It's W-E-R-X. And you know, that, that, that is a combination of, of engineering services, environmental test labs, um, 
and other unique, um, and we're, we're, we're starting a flight center and then MRO capabilities uh, uh, there as well. So I think that is one of the unique things that is, uh, is growing that you'll continue to see grow because it, it links in a lot of things with, you know, the, uh, the governor has and, and the now Lieutenant Governor Tolan has with the Kansas plan to grow, as, especially in the aerospace. And it links in with what uh, the Greater Wichita Partnership is doing with Jeff Floor down there, uh, as well as, as how we can grow in this in this new post, uh, or let's just say what we view as post-COVID, post-737 MAX world and, and, and how we can continue to be the air capital world. That connection with industry and private business is really important to, to what NIAR does, right? That is correct. Yeah, I'd be interested on, on that private business side, especially as it relates to aviation, you know, and, and, you know, there's nothing like a crisis to, to drive innovation, but we've been talking about some coming innovations in the industry, unmanned aerial vehicles, uh, return of supersonic flight, things like that. Um, and you guys are always so far out in front of the way companies are thinking what they're looking at for the future. What, how revolutionary do you think the next 10 years in aerospace will be? And, and what role do you hope NIAR can play in bringing some of these technologies to the market? You know, one of the key things that NIAR is doing right now is the uh, is the materials work is, you know, if you look at the 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 aircraft, the way they're built now is is kind of the technology that, uh, you know, as far as the, the aluminum technology that was born from uh, uh, the World War Two, even is uh, now I think what you see is. Uh, that with the advanced manufacturing is these and, and you know with the A350 the 787 is these these airplanes are not being made so much out of metallic as they are composite materials so and then as you as you push that forward uh, I think the materials use is uh, you know um, going to continue I mean it, it, it depends on how fast do you want to make it and how fast do you want to go uh, those are the two things of, of material performance and manufacturing that I think that we're, what we really do at NIAR is, is, uh, is marry those two together and working with industry of, of how we can make things with, you know, an aerospace grade, very high quality, but then also have the, have the manufacturing know-how of, uh, of, of working with industry of, uh, with, the, with the latest and greatest materials and putting those both together. So I think, I think, you know, the materials work is uh, one, a lot of Department of Defense uh, things. I mean, the Business Journal reported on is, um, you know, with, uh, with um, high-speed missile applications, uh, um, you know, that, that gets, that, that really pushes the limit of ma the material envelope because uh, you need yeah. to go uh, extremely hot, especially if you, if you go outside of, our, uh, outside the Earth's atmosphere and, and want to bring something come back in like a meteorite. <laughs> so uh, doing a lot of that work in Wichita. So that, that, I think that is one of my biggest challenges in front of us right now is opening up really the United States uh, Center for uh, um, high, uh, high temperature materials work. And then that puts us as Wichita at an advantage, though. And I, I know we've talked about this previously that we have you know, a workforce that's connected to that research and able to, to you know, work with these materials and other technologies. Um, how important do you see that just in terms of, of, you know, work down the pipeline as these things do evolve and come to market, being kind of that hub 
of, of knowledge and capability. You know, that, that's one thing. I'm glad you brought that up because the workforce is the key is that when you, when you, when you're, when you're training students and, and, and you do have a workforce, uh, you know, that makes you very attractive to other companies as well. Um, and what we would like to do is not export that workforce, right? We'd like to keep them here. So, and, and that's one of the things working with the, you know, GWP, the Greater Wichita Partnership, is, is make sure we articulate that to people who come in and, and, and look at Wichita as a, as a site for future growth is that we have the, you know, our greatest asset I think that we have is really not the cool toys, because you'll hear me talk about I'm an engineer, I always love to talk about the cool toys, you know, the, the, the unique manufacturing, the robots and, and, you know, uh, how high a, a, a material can go. But, you know, one of the, one of the key things that I think Wichita has better than any place in the country is our, is our workforce and our talent base. And, and that, that's, that's what attracts us. That's what attracts people to Wichita. President Golden had uh, created the innovation of business advisory council. What's the, status of that is that still up and going i think you know we've always kind of had a a industry uh, council i mean we had that under dr bardo as well and okay. so i think you know that also defines really what wichita is we want to be you know we don't want to be a, a a a in a university town and 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 disconnected from the community we want to be and I think that's one of the things I like most about Wichita State is our connection with the community and and hearing concerns of the community and, and what concerns they have and and how it can make uh, Wichita State better. I think that, that I think that's one of the key things. So I think these 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 advisory groups are are going to be important to anybody that's president in Wichita State. You're on the selection committee for a new president. What qualities are, are you looking for in in that next new leader for Wichita State? And I think I think I'm pretty much reiterating is is someone that listens to the community and and grows. I don't think we are a typical institution, you know, buried right here in the center of Wichita. It, it's uh, it, it's different than being in a college town where you know, very uh, you know, academic in nature. I mean, we're we're a community facing university, and and you know how how we grow a workforce differently than we did in the past. Uh, you know, the applied learning that I spoke about at the, at the start of the podcast is is really key to Wichita State strategy. I mean, we're doing that. Uh, we've done that so much with engineering, but, you know, as Woolsey Hall gets built on the innovation campus, how we, how we can do that more with business as well. Feel good about 2021 and, and points beyond there, hopefully getting back to normal or some sort of normal. I do. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of a glass half full kind of person. <laughs> so uh, I'm very optimistic that, uh, you know, you know, some of the, you know, the, the things that challenge us in COVID, I think also make us better. Uh, so I'm very optimistic that we're going to come back more strong and, 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 and with, with, with deeper, um, you know, connections in, in, in different areas. I mean, you know, if you look at Deloitte uh, coming to campus with the right. smart. I think it opens up other avenues beyond just airspace as well. So, I mean, you know, what we do in airspace is, you know, we're always going to be the air capital of, of the world, but, but how we can diversify and, and look at other technologies and apply those technologies to, to other uh, industries is going to be a key aspect of looking into the future as well. Dr. John Tomlin, there's a lot going on at uh, NIAR and at Wichita State University. 
Appreciate you spending some time with us today. I know Daniel's going to have a lot more to write about uh, this year and, and beyond that. Thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, we hope you're doing well. Uh, wear a mask, keep your distance, avoid crowds, wash your hands, sacrifice now, and we can avoid more shutdowns. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 195. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. You know, creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.